You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. <laughs> Brand new intro. I love it. <laughs> Who knew that Andrew had the deep pipes? If she, if there are any ladies out there listening, he's taken. So <laughs> I know that it'll be difficult for you to deal with, but he's, yeah. he's off the table. Woo! Another episode of the scrimmage. <laughs> off to a rocking start here. I'm Daniel Hargrove. I'm Justin Domashevitz. We've got a lot of great stuff. The thing I'm most excited about is an interview with Monty Boys head coach, Doug Galloway. Plus, we're going to be getting into our mailbag again, and also Justin's favorite segment, Stump Daniel. Love it. Love it. Super excited. I'm going to stump the crap out of you. (laughs) I have no idea what we're even talking about. Great. First, let's get things going with the two minutes. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hold up. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball to the ref. Gun do it right, gun do it right. Three jet buckeye. Don't worry. The two minute drill starts now. Well, the college football playoff is set with LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Justin, did the committee get it right, and do we care? Yeah, the com- I think the committee actually did get it right, but also I kind of don't care. I mean, who has the biggest argument that's on the outside looking in Georgia, Utah, Alabama? Like, I don't feel <laughs> bad for any of those teams. Like, if you're Georgia, you lost to South Carolina. You don't, you don't have any argument for being in this. Win your games, and we won't have to worry about it. I felt like the top three teams were an absolute lock, and I have no problem with Oklahoma at four. The Blazers have been hit with another injury as Rodney Hood suffered an Achilles tendon tear or rupture or something. Ugh. Daniel, is this a lost season for Dame Dalla and the Blazers? Gosh, it's really starting to look like it. They were doing a little bit better when Carman- Carmelo Anthony came out of nowhere and actually is playing hard team basketball it's been bizarre to watch but fun uh, this is a team though that generally does better down the stretch and they're supposed to get Yusuf Nurkic back maybe at the beginning of 2020 hopefully as soon as possible also Zach Collins has a chance to come back if both of those two guys can come back maybe they make a trade at the deadline this is still a salvageable season but I'm not sure with all these injuries if they're going to be able to make a deep playoff run All right, Justin, as a Titans fan, how do you feel about the quarterback discussion going on there in Tennessee? Do you want them to stick with Tannehill? I do want them to stick with Tannehill, and it was reported that they are going to stick with Tannehill. Um, Also, I I mean, I feel like I did a little more digging on Tannehill and, and what his years in Miami actually were. He was pretty good, bordering on where he was the guy that we kept waiting for him to take the next step and be awesome, but he just kept being pretty good. Well, how could you do that playing for Miami? Playing for Miami, but also he had <laughs> side he was sidelined by injuries a couple of times during that time period, and Miami just got fed up with him. Right now, he has been phenomenal. I have stats to back that up we can talk about later in the show. <laughs> the 10-3 and Patriots were booed off their home field after falling to the Chiefs. Daniel... How spoiled are Boston fan babies? <laughs> they are so spoiled. Are you kidding me? You're ten and three. This is like your first home loss in forever, and you're gonna cry about it and boo your Super Bowl winning Patriots off the field? Are you kidding me right so now? Ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
Go home. Learn what it really feels like to be a sports fan. Boston, which used to be the lovable losers, has turned into the prima donna of fan bases that are absolutely unbearable to talk to, and this just proves it. All right, well, that's going to do it for our two-minute drill, and uh, you know what? I felt good about that. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like we were quicker. Yeah, that was kind of... Last week, it was more like a six-minute drill. Yeah. That last week it was like we were trying to grind out the end of the game with a bunch of running plays. Yeah. But this one was just poof, right down the field. Yeah. Poof. Yeah. Just just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Justin, are you ready? Uh, because I'm nervous. I'm I'm very excited to bring this segment back. I'm nervous. I mean, when I say that it's one of my favorites, I would actually say it's probably my single favorite segment that we've ever done. And I would like to point out in the record books of Stump Daniel, there have actually been times where you've done pretty well. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, and it's actually there's been a couple of times. A couple, not very many, but a couple. <laughs> and I'm going to say this one is going to be pretty tough. And we've never... Especially because it's been four years. Yeah. Well, it's ne- <laughs> we, we've never exactly figured out like a winning or losing. Like you always generally tend to come out of it looking like a loser. So I thought, <laughs> let's let's go, let's grade it like it's a test, okay? So if you get nine or ten right, it's an A. If you get eight right, it's a B. There's, there's ten questions, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay? Let's so, do it. Yeah. Okay. So there's three categories. My Googling fingers are ready. <laughs> you bet. I'm closing that up. There's three categories. The first category is 2019 NBA stats. Oh, Lord. The second category is NFL history. Okay. And the third category is breakfast cereal spelling. (laughs) All right. And you can redeem yourself in that last one, even if you don't do very well in the first two. Okay. So without further ado, the first question in Stump Daniel only one player who is listed as a guard is in the top 20 in the NBA in field goal percentage. Only player listed as a guard in the top 20. It's basically all centers who yeah. just dunk all the time. Yeah. Who is that one player? Damian Lillard. It is not Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum. That was a bad guess, actually. <laughs> yeah, I would I guess Dame's way down there yeah. on that list. It is Ben Simmons. Oh, who is listed guard. as a point guard, nah. according Trick to basketballreference.com. He is a point guard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he doesn't shoot <laughs> He doesn't shoot from the perimeter no, hardly at all. he's to shoot a three. He is 16th in the league in field goal percentage with a 56.4% clip. Okay, so you've already, you've already lost the first one. All right. Now, the second question. Only one player who is listed as a center is in the top 40 in the NBA in free throw percentage. Who is it? What? One center <laughs> in the top 40. And he is actually uh, tied for second in, I, in the NBA in free throw percentage. In free throw percentage. All right, I'm going to try and run, run through some centers in my head before. Yeah. Uh, so we got Marcus Gasol. I feel like he's probably a pretty good shooter. Anthony Davis is a pretty good shooter. Power uh, forward. He's a power forward? Yep. Oh, get out of here. Justin, are you helping Is him Carl out? Anthony Towns a power forward? Cat's a center. Cat's a center. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go with uh, Mark Gasol. Dang it. <laughs> the correct answer, which if you looked in the smart part of your brain, you would have figured out. <laughs> or is, if I followed basketball. Is Brooke Lopez. Oh, who is I actually shooting, knew that name. I was expecting to not know the name, to be honest. <laughs> He's shooting 93.2% really? on free throws. And the next center on the list 
is Nikola Vucevic, <laughs> who is 44th on the list at 84.6%. So you're already 0 for 2. What about the Joker? I forgot about him. Where's the he Joker? At? Yeah. I don't know. He's somewhere on there. Right. He's lower than those. I don't know. 84.6 as 40. That's pretty good. That's pretty darn good for a, for a big man. Yeah, yeah. For a big man. So, you know, I would imagine Jokic is probably pretty good. But, so you know, I'm 0 for 2 so far? Yeah. Is that? Uh. Yes. Okay. Here's another one. This one might... Also basketball? Yeah, it's basketball. Uh, it's the last basketball question. <laughs> this one might sting a little bit. Oh. Which former Portland Trailblazer currently leads the NBA in three-point field goal percentage at 53.8%? Um, if you want, I'll give you a hint. Since I said he's a former Trailblazer, I'll tell you that he plays in the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference? I believe that would be... Wesley Matthews? Dang it. This is going to sting. It's going to sting. Is it somebody that I really liked? Yeah, no. It's somebody that uh, was traded to the Heat. (laughs) It's Myers Leonard. It's Myers Leonard. He is currently leading the NBA among qualified players with a 53.83 point percentage. He's 21 out of 39 from beyond the arc this year. I would also like to point out that his field goal percentage is 58.9 and his free throw percentage is 55.6. <laughs> so he's shooting almost as well from the three-point line as he is from the free throw line. You know, that, that sounds like my high school numbers. I was a terrible free throw shooter. Were you a I was, great three-point shooter? No. I was an average three-point shooter at best. Yeah. I got hot in one game and it yeah. really boosted my numbers. So does that change your view on the Myers-Leonard-Hassan Whiteside side no, at all? No, because... He still hasn't done much compared to Whiteside, no. who's averaging a double double yeah. and had nine blocks in a game the yeah. other day. Yeah. So no. Well, Leonard Get is like here, Myers Leonard. I, I want to say he's averaging like six points a game. Like yeah. he's a rotational player. He's yeah. Not, he's not he's a starting not a center who's yeah. playing well. Yeah. Miami people are still laughing about the Hassan Whiteside thing. That's so funny because yeah. everybody else in the league is going. You got Myers Leonard, dude. Like. Yeah. It's nothing. But they're really good. So yeah. that's why it becomes that's a laughing thing, thing because Miami is playing really well yeah. and Portland is playing badly and it flipped yeah, the script. Yeah, you because know, they can't, apparently in Miami, they aren't bright enough to look down and see that half of the Blazers are injured and they're just like, oh yeah, it's because they have Hassan Whiteside who's dominating. Yeah. They can't okay. be concerned with anything outside of their own teams. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, we're moving so on 0 to... 0 for 3. 0 for 3. We're moving on to <laughs> NFL history. Just in case you're keeping track... Can I get track, a C? Is a 70% yes. a C? Yes, it is. But if you're keeping track at home right now, it's 0%, which would be an <laughs> F minus. <okay? laughs> NFL history. This is question number four. Who had a better record as an NFL coach? Steve Spurrier or Nick Saban? Oof. A better record as an NFL coach. Now, I'll just say... Can they, you give me how long I, each of them coached? Yeah, they both coached for a really similar time frame. Uh, Saban was two years with the Dolphins, and Spurrier was two years with the Redskins. Gosh, those are both <laughs> trash teams, too. Yeah. These are obscure questions, Yes, man. they are. Yeah. Intended to trick you. <laughs> You're terrible person. But this is a 50-50. Yeah. Uh, Steve Spurrier. Gosh, dang it. The correct answer is Nick Saban, who was... 15 and 17 with the Dolphins, and Spurrier was 12 and 20 with the Redskins. Neither was good. The numbers were very close. And you, once again, my friend, are wrong. So I'm fighting for a D. You're fighting for a D. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 60% is probably not even a D, to be honest. But question five 
comes with the potential for a bonus point. Are we grading oh, okay. on a curve? <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one who's taking the test. I don't think Andrew's known any of the answers either. That's not true. He knew all of them. Okay. He was mouthing the answers to me while you were. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, okay, question number five comes with an opportunity for a bonus point. Okay. Okay, what I want is for you to name at least four of the seven players who have rushed for 2,000 yards in a single season in NFL history. Okay. I think you should be able to do that. If you can get them yeah. all, you get a bonus point. All right, CJ2K. CJ2K is correct. Uh, kind of there in the nickname. Yep. Uh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is two. Um, oh, gosh. I know you're choking because there's at least yeah. one on here that you absolutely should know. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is number three. Uh, let's see. Um, Walter Payton? No, Walter Payton never rushed for 2,000 yards. Um, there are a couple of old-timey guys on this list, though. Jim Brown? Not Jim Brown. Are you serious? Yeah. No Whoa. Jim Brown. Um, What's the guy's there's, name? Uh, Eric. Um, Eric what? Ugh. <laughs> All I can think of is my friend's last name. <laughs> Which al- one? I'm almost saying Eric Dayton, <laughs> but it's it starts it's with a D. Eric, gosh, and his other last name starts with a D. Eric <laughs> Dixon. No, it's, no, no. That's my friend's last name too. <laughs> no, Eric. I can't think of his last name. Dickerson, Dickerson is the name you were looking for. Do you know any more? Um, let's see. I don't think um, one of them is largely believed to have been a murderer. What? <laughs> what? Um, Come on, I can't hint any harder than that, bro. Is that Jamal Anderson? No, no, I don't know. Who is that? And largely is he a thought to be. A, I don't know. I thought that there were some crime allegations around him. <laughs> Dude, now I'm completely blanking. This is the first question that I'm embarrassed that I can't get. got three. I'm trying to give you a fourth one. You got three and a half. With a bloody glove. Oh, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson <laughs> is four. And you've already missed Eric Dickerson, so you can't get the bonus point. But I will give you full credit for one point on this one. The ones you did not get are Jamal Lewis. Jamal, that's from who I meant by Anderson. I meant Jamal Lewis. I don't remember <laughs> any murder accusations Jamal against Anderson. Jamal Lewis. No, and there weren't. I feel like it's a little irresponsible yeah. for us to just be throwing that out there. Yeah, that was a terrible. Uh, I'm you sorry, missed, Jamal. You also missed Terrell Davis. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. You got it. That was the seven. It's Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Lewis, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, Chris Johnson, and OJ Simpson. That's the first one that I feel a little embarrassed about. But you got one point. <laughs> you got a point, Daniel. And you only needed a little bit of help from me. Okay. <laughs> we have one more NFL. Says the guy wearing Elma gear over here. <laughs> There's a story. There's a story behind that. Okay. We'll get to it later. Okay. <laughs> Last. You're just going to make me sit here and not have a chance. Yeah. To, okay. All right. We'll do that later. Sorry. I'm feeling That's defensive. Okay. It's from fine. Botching this whole test. It's fine. Okay. NFL history. One more NFL history question. Which play covered more yards, the Immaculate Reception or the Music City Miracle? Uh, the Music City Miracle. Okay, so Franco Harris's catch against the Raiders, well known as the Immaculate Reception, covered 60 yards. Okay. The Music City Miracle, which was a lateral on a kickoff from yes. Frank Wycheck to Kevin Dyson to win a playoff game against the Bills for the Titans, was yeah. a 75-yard touchdown. Woo! 
So you've got your first one correct on your own. Nailed Two it. points out of six. Don't get me correct on my own. <laughs> you are so condescending. Now we're going into the final category. Okay. I feel like you could potentially get all four of these. With the <laughs> breakfast cereal spellings, I don't think so. My my parents got the generic brands going up. I never got the actual. Didn't all of our parents get the generic brands. Yeah, seriously, Mine who's got the did. money to spring for those? Okay, Toastios. I want. I need you to spell these. I'm going to give them to you, and I need you to spell them. You have to spell them exactly right. And if there's any <sighs> punctuation in it, you have to get that as well. What? Apostrophes, basically. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, okay. First one, Applejacks. A P P L E. Do I have to say a space? No, it's okay. I'll allow that. Uh, <laughs> J A X. It is J A C K S. So you this got the first one cool. wrong. Okay, here's the next one. This is miserable. The next one. <laughs> I don't remember a stump Daniel ever being this long either. It's usually my pain was just quick and easy. And right now it's just like, it's like you're slowly just yeah. cutting a long it's what slash I do. along my chest. It's what I do best. Okay. Is just demoralize you and make you feel bad about yourself. Next one is tricks. <laughs> <laughs> with the bunny and no this is like my favorite series yeah <laughs> but tricks after are for the last but after the last one i'm nervous silly rabbit tricks are for kids why are there so much x and cks things going I, on I here i don't know uh i'm gonna go t-r-i-x that is correct yes. <laughs> you now have three points on the game <sighs> with two points remaining which means no matter what you do you get an f minus uh, bark <laughs> number nine fruit loops now, is there a trick to this, or Shut did up. I just throw it in there to confuse you? Shut up. F-R-U-I-T-L-O-O-P-S. That is incorrect. Fruit Loops is spelled F-R-O-O-T-L-O-O-P-S. Yes. If you ever see the box... No wonder the education system in our area is so bad. Because they're loops, so they put the, the pictures of the loops on the... Box of fruit, F R O O T. You know, I spelled my first pet's name Dude, D O O D. Yeah. So I feel bad that I missed that one. Dude was a good dog. Dude was a good dog. He was. Okay, number 10, your final chance to get any points. This is horrible. <laughs> Cap'n Crunch. <laughs> is it really spelled like that? Uh, you tell me. C A P apostrophe N C R U N C H. That is correct. Good job, Daniel. You got your fourth point of the game, which is good enough for 40%, which is good enough for an F minus. Congratulations, and thanks for playing Stump Daniel. I'm going to drop that test. <laughs> you can drop this whole class if you want to. I might. I might. I might have to come up with some Stump Justin about like some really vague MLB questions from this year. To no, me doesn't you. look dumb. You look stump. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Stump Daniel and uh, another episode coming up. Episode. I don't know what I'm talking Segment. about. Segment. I'm just saying words. You're Segment. flustered, man. There we go. I, <laughs> I flustered you. I flustered. I'm all up inside your head. Let's get into our local sports athlete of the week. Ugh. I got to compose myself. I'm just going to let you talk for a bit. I'm so proud of myself right now. 
right. I got to say, our athlete of the week this week has just been tearing it up so far. Absolutely. And honestly, uh, this is this might be a little off the radar for some of our Grays Harbor listeners, but our Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week this week is a Raymond girls basketball player. And you'll have to forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly. Is it Raymond? For some reason, I thought it was Willapaw Valley. No, it's okay. Raymond. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Well, I already messed that up. Sorry, <laughs> it's, Pat County. It's, I believe it's Kyra Gardner. It could be Kira. It's K-Y-R-A. I'm so sorry if I pronounce your name incorrectly. The stats are like almost mind-boggling <laughs> to look at what she accomplished this week. Um on Tuesday, Raymond uh, played against Elma, and you know Elma is a cross-class game, so Raymond is 2B and Elma is 1A, and also the Elma girls basketball program has generally been really good. And they went to state last year and played exactly. well. They have almost all of their players back from that team, so that's a really good Elma team. Which makes this, imp- this performance even more impressive. Uh, Gardner scored 30 points including a three-pointer with a minute 13 left that gave Raymond their final lead. Dang. And then she also, the the final lead was uh, 49 to 47 in the win. Um, that three-pointer was made it 48 to 47. So then she also hit one free throw down the stretch to help solidify it. In addition to the 30 points and the game winner that she hit, she also had 12 steals. What? And nine rebounds in that game. Oh, she missed the triple-double. Yeah, she missed By the triple-double. She had the steals. She missed the trip dub. That's trip crazy. Dub such a fake stat. I hate it so much. <laughs> but anyway, so Gardner, including... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Why do you hate the triple double? It's a fake stat. Because, like, I know you were joking when you said that about she only got nine rebounds. Yeah, yeah. That's what people do. Like, yeah. when people look at an NBA stat line and you had 42 points and nine rebounds and 10 assists, they go, oh, man, one more one more board you had a trip dub. Yeah, you should have been crashing the boards, it's LeBron. It's a fake stat. It's so stupid. It got <laughs> Russell Westbrook an MVP that he did not deserve. That's true. I'll go. It shouldn't be a stat that you look at to get MVPs, because especially Westbrook, who would, like, you know, totally pad stats at the end of games. But... It is an accomplishment, and it's one that we don't see very often in high school basketball, that's for sure. I would say... It is very rare in high school basketball. Yeah, yeah. There was a player from Quinault a few years ago that had... What do you call it if it's five? <laughs> a fintuple double? A girl from Quinault, and, and I'm... There was I, a girl from Tahoe who had the quad double. She also went... She played for Grace Harbor College as well. I'm, gonna oh, be, I'm a jerk for forgetting her name. Yeah. But she had uh, five different stats that she had ten of. That's nuts. It was points, rebounds, assists, steals, and... Blocks? Splocks. I think that'd be a yeah, pentadouble, right. wouldn't it? Pentadouble. Is it five quint? Quinted, no. quintu- quintuple double? No. Quint is... Is Quint six? No. I think. Okay, here We're I'm going to tell bad. you. No, you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why. Eight. I'm going to tell you how I know you're wrong. Octa's eight. When I was a kid, <laughs> there was a Disney Channel made-for-TV movie called Quints about a girl who had. <laughs> no, this is she was a teenage girl, and yeah. then her mom had five babies. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say it's a quintuple double. Anyway. I've gotten a little off track from talking yeah, about... Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry about that, Kyra. From talking about Kyra Gardner. So I, I mentioned the Elmer performance from Tuesday. She also went on a couple days later on Thursday to get 30 points, 9 steals, and 11 rebounds in Ooh. a win over Willapaw Valley. They crushed Willapaw Valley 60-25. to 25. So Kyra Gardner, congratulations for your performance, and you have earned the scrimmages Ole Penn Real Estate 
Athlete of the Week. If you're looking to buy a home in the Grays Harbor Pacific County area, no one will take care of you better than the team of realtors at Ole Penn Real Estate. With Ole Penn, it's personal. Well, and we thank you for sponsoring us again, Ole Penn and Jason. And this time we had to give the award to somebody else. We yeah. couldn't give it to you again. We'll figure out a way to give it to Jason again. At yeah, some point. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's so. Uh, that's our local athlete of the week. And again, we're going to be trying to find a local athlete, whatever sport it is, that really stood out and appreciate our local sports here as as we'll get to later in the show, we've had some excellent local athletes that we've had the privilege of covering on this show as well as in our other jobs. But before that, we're going to talk with uh, head coach with the head coach of the Montesano boys basketball team and get a little season preview. Yeah. And so if you are watching us on a video on YouTube, you won't hear this, but you can go to our website, the scrimmage.net and you can find our podcast. The interview with Doug Galloway will be on the podcast. Well, we have Montesano boys head coach Doug Galloway with us here. Doug, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're working on some season preview type things, and I know you guys have already had a couple games, but uh, maybe you can give us an idea just of, uh, first off, who are some players that you had last year that are playing again this year that are names we might recognize? Well, thanks for having me. And uh, well, one for sure that you'll recognize is Trace Ridgeway. Um, Trace is a... Uh, kind of a 6-3 guard forward post player is going to play a little everything for us. Um, jumps real well, has a good shooting touch, and is, uh, is, a, is a pretty physical kid inside. So um, I think you remember him. Um, also, uh, a couple of guys that kind of got some playing time last year um, were uh, Braden Dorman and uh, Carter Olson, two guards that uh, will be uh, haven't started the last couple games and should get significant playing time. And um, you know, stepping into uh, a leadership role for us. Um, and then uh, Ben Wills was on the team last year, and uh, Ben kind of got limited playing time, but, uh, you know, we're looking to have him have a little little bigger role in this year's process. And, um, excuse me, and then we got some uh, some newcomers that, uh, you know, are all vying for, uh, for some playing time. And so that actually is a perfect lead into what was going to be my next question, which is uh, you mentioned Ben Wills as a guy who might step up and make an impact. Is there, is there anybody else that maybe people who only follow casually um, wouldn't know that you're expecting to, you know, step up and have a big impact for you guys this year? Well, I think uh, again, Colby Adams is going to have a, a big impact, you know, especially defensively. And he just kind of makes things happen. Um, and, you know, I also think uh, Cole Daniels, who uh, kind of split time last year between JV and varsity, just, you know, two real hardworking kids that um, uh, kind of get their hands on a lot of balls and, uh, and, and can also do some things offensively to, to score for us. Uh, and then we had a, have a new kid that moved into the town, uh, Wesley Bjornsgaard, uh, six-foot-four freshman that's um, very athletic and uh, and is a, is a good basketball player, and I think you know as he uh, kind of gets used to playing with uh, with the kids, he's gonna you know find a nice little niche in there and get quite a bit of playing time. Well, that's kind of an interesting name to bring up. Six uh, four <laughs> is nice to bring into the program. What what area did he move in from? He moved in from Ocosta, um, and uh, I think his I think when I was in college, I think his uncle was a freshman in college when uh when i think i think it was a fifth year senior then um and i think that the family comes from uh uh on dad's side and uh, i think i think maybe around monty on mom's side uh, with uh 
being a basketball coach and having to sit through fall sports, I can only imagine what it's like watching a bunch of your stud athletes go through the games and into deep playoff runs and stuff like that. And it was a big story at the end of Monty's football season with with Sam Winter, one of your best basketball players, uh, going down with a knee injury. How is it for you watching football and seeing some of your best players out there? And then also, how is it kind of going to be an adjustment period for kids to figure out their new roles without Sam on the court? Yeah, you know, I, I, I really like kids playing more than one sport, and, uh, and I enjoyed football growing up and got to play it. And um, So, you know, I, I really like that they do play football. Um, and, you know, like you say, on the opposite side of that, you're always hoping and praying that nobody gets hurt. Um, and it just really just really heartbreaking that, you know, Sam went down with a non-contact injury on the last game of their season. And, uh, and you know, he's going to have to go in and have some surgery on that knee and, um, and stuff. And, and definitely going to impact our basketball season. You know, Sam's been a, a three-year starter for us and um, major part of our basketball program for three years. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's just kind of been a little bit of a cloud kind of hanging over us a little bit with a sad playoff game and then uh, Sam's knee injury and then kind of, you know, just trying to get out of a funk and, and kind of figure out who we are and who we're going to be as a team. You know, every team kind of develops its own personality. And uh, so we're in the process of, 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 of figuring out our personality, I think. And, um, you know, I think one thing we have done pretty well in our first two games is uh is that we've worked really hard, especially on defense. And so um, we're trying to make that something that uh, it, it, we can hang our hats on. And then um, hopefully that ties us over until we kind of uh, figure out our roles on, on a basketball team from bringing the ball down to uh, a go-to score to a lockdown defender to, you know, all of those different things. But I think the kids are more than willing to step up in any way that they're asked or that they can. And, uh, and I really see some good things I'm very optimistic about. Uh, what we're going to do this year. Now, uh, as you mentioned, you guys have already had two games, uh, one and one start. Um, I, I figure we'll probably see a lot of similar Montesano brand basketball, tough, scrappy teams with good athletes that, uh, you know, a, a trademark is that you get after it on defense. Um, is that what you feel like the identity of this team might be? You mentioned the team might be uh, still kind of developing its personality. Um, what, what brand of basketball do you see your team playing? Well, I like to get up and down the floor, and you know, this year we're gonna. Um, my goal is that after we score, that we're we're standing looking at the kids uh, on the other team uh, taking the ball in bounds uh, full court. So we're gonna try and um, you know try and put some pressure on some people, uh, try and put some pressure, maybe take some chances and not get beat for lands at the other end, and um, you know make make kids work to bring the ball down the floor, um, not let them get comfortable. Um, so that's definitely something that uh, is in our, in our game plan right now. And then obviously on the offensive end, um, especially th- uh, our second game there against Castle Rock, we uh, it felt like we did a lot of standing. Um, it, it didn't feel like we executed things uh, too well or, or to the to the extent that I would hope we could. Um, but you know that's 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 young. That's being young. And plus, you know, even all those football players, uh, they missed five practices. So you know they're at football, and so we're still we're still kind of you know in the in the baby steps area as far as um, you know just our knowledge of the plays and what's expected and setting screens and working through tough situations. 
And when you look around the league this year, it should it seems like it could be a wide open Evergreen League One A. Uh, what do you expect from some of the other teams in the league, and who are you looking out for? Well, we saw the Aberdeen uh, Forks game, and uh, you know I tell you what, Rick Gooding does a good job up there, and they've got a uh, number of athletes that um, they just work hard, you know, really hard, and then offensively they shot the ball the ball pretty well, and they had a couple big kids inside that could score, and um, you know that, that's going to be a very intriguing team, I think, as we go through. And um, then you look at Elma. Elma's got uh, they scored seventy three points up there against Seattle Christian, so. Obviously, they've figured out how to put some points on the board. So, you know, that's a scary thought. And um, then, obviously, you go to Hoquim, who, you know, has, uh, has the, the, the good guards, and, and they can get up and down the floor and shoot the ball well. I mean, I think they're kind of reeling with not having uh, Brown and, and Rayon right now. I don't know what's going on there. But, um, you know, that's, I, I think they're very dangerous. So I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a, a wide-open look uh, for the 1A Evergreen. And, Kind of things gonna gonna you know come down to you know in January are you playing your best basketball or not? Awesome, Doug. Well, hey, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We this is a great interview. Um, we're just working on getting through all the teams, and sincerely appreciate you coming on and joining us. And best of luck to you guys the rest of the way. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. So now to follow up on the interview, which. Um, you know, you might want to go listen to the interview. <laughs> I want to take just a really, really short time to talk about Coach Galloway. Um, he is a phenomenal person and a great coach. I really, really like him. I'm a Montesano guy. Yeah, I was going to say, can you tell you're a Monty guy? Yeah, well, no, you can't saying. right now if you're I watching mean, you the video. Look because like an I'm, Elma guy. <laughs> I'm wearing Elma gear. Do I get to explain it now? Yeah, I guess okay. it would be so, good times ever. So we had a competition last week Loser. between myself and Daniel <laughs> and producer Andrew about who could predict the game, the Seahawks score against uh, – against, uh, <laughs> Against uh, Minnesota. The Vikings. Yeah. See, this is why I, I lost. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a face cadet. But I would like to point out that even though my final score prediction of, of 19, 19 to 12, to 12. Didn't, <laughs> it didn't win the competition, I did nail the margin of victory at seven points. You absolutely did. Yeah. That is so, where Andrew and I failed because yeah, for some reason failed. we called blowouts, which the Seahawks yeah. never do. Yeah. So that was our So blunder. I got that part right. But I didn't get... Your score I, was so far off. It was a little It was a little off. Okay. So anyway, I, I deserve this. Yes, you do. I'm wearing an Elma hat and shirt that I borrowed uh, from a friend of mine, and it is my punishment, and it's I deserve it. Yes. All right. Now you can get back to okay. uh, why we like head coach Doug Galloway so much. And before you get going, because I don't know him as well as you do, but he's always been a pleasure for me to interview before games. And anytime you see a coach come from outside the area to one of our local programs, I think a lot of people, a lot of locals are a little skeptical about them. You don't Mm -hmm. see it too often. Usually the coaches have more local ties. And so I think there are some people who are like, all right, who's this guy coming in? And he has done an amazing job with that program in Montesano. I mean, I, this might tick off some kids that I played against and some some older guys playing for that Monty program, but that was always a bunch of football players with maybe like one basketball player on it, and everybody else would kind of play football on the court and then count on the other player to make 30, 32 points a game, and it never worked very well. Yeah. Now they're a good basketball team and a good program, and it's really 
in my mind due to how he's built that program. Yeah, and I I would say as far as my um, relationship with Coach Galloway, I I only know him casually. It's not like we're hanging out drinking brews on the weekends. (laughs) But I have had many conversations with him, and I really appreciate he's extremely friendly and personable. He's really candid with me. Um, I feel like uh, he is really really good with the kids he also is a PE teacher in our elementary school system in Monty and I know that my younger son when he was in he, he's not he doesn't have him in PE anymore but when he, when he was his PE teacher he loved him mm-hmm. and uh, he loved how fun he made the PE classes but to your point about um, how coach Galloway really turned around the Montesano basketball program. I don't want to say, I don't want to degrade any of the work that anybody did before that, because I know we had coaches that worked really hard. Yeah. Um, I feel like we got, when coach Galloway came in, we got, we got a basketball guy who turned our program that had a bunch of athletes who would go out there and scrap and play hard and win some games into a program of basketball players. Yeah. And I think it's true, and we saw this, you know, with Aberdeen, I always use the example of Leonard Barnes. By Coach Barnes's third season, all the kids who had come through his program were really good. They were ball players, They were hoopers. They weren't just athletes, and they were really successful. And I think we've seen that over the last several years with Coach Galloway, that the kids that are coming through this program – they know how to play basketball. They, they know what they're doing when they're out on the floor. Um, the other thing is he basically created a feeder system for younger kids because we we didn't have much in Monty before except kind of a few random club teams like AAU-style teams. Um, it wasn't extremely accessible, but when he came in, he wanted to figure out a way to have kids play. And so he's like, Hey, you know, I've got some parents who are interested in coaching who would put some teams together and go play in, in some leagues around here. Um, Raymond had a league, but they would only let, um, the B schools come in. I think that might've changed since then, but they were only letting B schools come in and play at that time. And there really wasn't any place for Monty teams to go play against someone else. So Doug just said, you know what? I'm going to start my own thing here. And he started this program where we have now a youth basketball league in Montesano where kids you know we Mac my younger son's team played against a team from uh, Raymond or Willapaw Valley the other day we have teams from Aberdeen Hoquiam Elma you know all the surrounding areas coming to play in Montesano and what that's created in my feeling is a lot more parents and kids who are getting involved in basketball because it's so much more accessible to them. So not only has he helped our high school basketball players coming through the program to be better, but he's also created lots of situations for younger kids to play basketball as well, which has been great for me and my family because I have kids that want to play. Yeah. And it's a huge thing for kids to be able to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting that the downswing in youth sports we saw there for a while, because when I was growing up, I mean, Hoquiam had three elementary schools, and each of those elementary schools had fifth and sixth grade basketball teams. So even if you weren't one of the kids who was lucky enough to go play on an AAU team or whatever, you still got the opportunity Mm -hmm. to see if, if basketball was a sport that you really enjoyed and that you really loved and you could go play. And it was all inclusive and everybody had that opportunity Mm -hmm. since the, you know, the level of attendance has been dropping in our area uh, Hoquiam is down to, I mean, they still have some of the different elementary school buildings, but they're all split up by grades. And so there isn't like, okay, there's all these different 
schools that they can play against each other. So an, a league like that is yeah. very important. And I think that not only the work that Doug Galloway is doing, but then you look on the girls' side of things with some of the cool things that um, – uh, head coach Chad Allen of the Hoquiam Grizzlies and coach Rachel Wentz of the Aberdeen Bobcats are doing with their uh, hoop girls camps. I mean, that I've is, been seeing tweets about that. It looks pretty cool. It is. It is awesome. And they are getting tons and tons of kids out. I mean, I was talking to coach Wentz before the Aberdeen girls game the other night. And I think she said that they had like 40 registered and then like an extra 60 showed up as well. And so, I mean, that is just amazing and so cool to see because youth basketball is, I mean, it was such a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that kids are having an opportunity again with some of these different things going on, not only to become better basketball players. So the high school programs are better. I mean, that's, that's a cool byproduct of it. Right. But the chance for kids who may not have an opportunity otherwise to play a sport, to get that team dynamic to make friends, to find something they're good at, it's huge. Well, it th- really is. And I think ultimately what every parent wants is to give – well, not every parent. Every good parent wants <laughs> is to give their kids opportunities to find out what they're into and yeah, succeed in it. Exactly. So, you know, I have a younger – I like all the three main major sports, and my older son is kind of shifting away from baseball. But There's he's a all bunch of soccer fans who are upset with you right now. <laughs> that's, I'm, that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. I'm sorry. But – I would say even for for kids in Montesano, and I'm assuming in our other areas too, football has always been very accessible. Baseball has always been very accessible. Ever since I've had kids, Mm -hmm. that was the truth. Um, But now that basketball is more accessible, um, it's given my younger son, who's 10 now, an opportunity to really figure out what he's into. Because this fall, for the first time, you know, since he was like six, he decided not to play football. And I thought he was going to miss it and regret it, and he really didn't. He just... He likes playing catch and stuff, but he doesn't like the grind of football. And so he wanted to do something a little different. And he is just all in on basketball now in a way that, you know, if he used to play, you know, Fortnite and Minecraft, if he's playing video games right now, it's either NBA mobile on a tablet or a phone (laughs) or it's NBA 2K. That's all he does. If he's playing video games, um, I'll catch him randomly. I'll come home and he's got his tablet up with ESPN watching whatever random college basketball game is on. And the other day I came home and he was watching Kansas State versus somebody. Like it was he just wants to consume everything because he's learned to love basketball. And I, I might be overstating a little bit, but to me, that is owed a lot to what people like Coach Galloway and like what Chad Allen are doing in helping these kids find what they love you know give them all the opportunities and if it's a sport or if it's something else yeah give them all the opportunities find out what they're into so that they can succeed in it absolutely and it's it's cool to see that this area i mean this area is so good with community building things i feel like and Mm -hmm. so when people jump in it's one of the best parts about this community it is it absolutely is and uh uh, we've talked to Coach Galloway. We've talked to Curtis Eccles and Mark Buckman, also two excellent coaches who we know pretty well. I played for Eccles in his first season as a Hoquiam coach. We know Mark Buckman well. I've played sports with and against Mark mm-hmm. growing up, and uh, two excellent coaches there as well. And now Elma, their program's starting to pick up and come on as well, and head coach Jeff Nemi out there for the Elma boys basketball team. We're hoping that we can find a time where we can have an interview interview with him as well um he is super busy though i mean he's coaching youth basketball high school basketball i mean (laughs) he is involved in everything and that's another guy who i don't know him as well 
except for the fact that I was a freshman when he was on the undefeated state champion Hope mm-hmm. William Grizzlies basketball team. So I would go to open gyms and just get demolished by that senior class. <laughs> so that's most of my relationship with Jeff is him just like torching me as a freshman. Yeah. But uh, excellent basketball mind. I think we all thought that he was going to be a coach as well. So we have some some fun things in in local basketball going on. And as we mentioned, the girls programs, they're pretty stacked as well. So we have some fun things to talk about this year. Justin, I think it's time, though, that we move on to what's fastly becoming one of our favorite segments of our show reboot. And it's the mailbag. And the cool thing is, is I wasn't sure because before when we did this show four years ago, We didn't get too much interaction from people outside on our social media, but we've had mailbag questions every episode that we've Mm -hmm. done this. I mean, besides the first one where you just came up with some things to kind of get it going, but now people are asking us questions and I think we got another fun one that ties right in with our local sports discussion. Yes. And, uh, I'm going to have you read them because my computer crashed (laughs) on me and, uh, I don't have them in front of me anymore. Well, I have a computer this week because Andrew's (laughs) amazing and fixed both his laptop and my laptop. He is amazing. Andrew, we need to hear your voice. We haven't heard your voice all show. Hi, Justin. He's just, (laughs) except for, except for the video. Very beginning. Yeah, the intro. I've said, I've said a few intro. things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just and don't Andrew really have can hop in. about basketball. Andrew can <laughs> hop in on these mailbag questions as well. I'm sure he'll have some hot takes on some of the later ones for sure. But this first one is an anonymous mailbag question. So apparently we don't know who it's from. I and, know. And it says, <laughs> oh, that's creepy. Uh, During the scrimmage hiatus, did you see any local athletes that you wish you could have covered on the show? Yeah. Yes. It's a complicated question, <laughs> yes, really, because so many. during this hiatus, I mean, you've been broadcasting football and basketball. Yes. So you've you've covered them to some extent, although not having as much of an opportunity. The thing I loved so much about our show before was it gave us a platform to really recognize these kids for how hard they work and what their great accomplishments were. Um, immediately after we stopped doing the show the first time, I was still working at the Vidette, and so there was a lot of players in Monty during that time, like Jordan Spradlin um, and her and her age group that I still got to cover. You know, Kyler Pranny, Logan Truax, Hutton Napier, like kids that Hutton. Even when the show wasn't going on, I still got to be a part of what they were doing for a while. Um, But the only things that really come to my mind when I think about this is Aberdeen kids. You know, when I go through this, it's been three years since I really covered any sports. Um, but I've been kind of involved in Montesano and I'm pretty active on Twitter and I get to, you know, say things about kids when I want to, but I would have really, really, really liked to cover Kylan touch from Aberdeen football. That was, that was the first kid that popped in my head too. Me too. I mean, broadcasting his games, especially the team that he had around him. I mean, sadly at the point, at that point, the Aberdeen program wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. It was Kylan touch or nothing. Yeah. And the numbers he was putting up still made it work. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I've we've seen some great runners come through here, mm-hmm. absolute studs. I've seen Nolan Hoynes, who was a college running back. I've seen we've seen Kyler Pranty, we've mm-hmm. seen Truaxes, we've seen a ton of great running backs come through. He's at the top of my list, yeah. and d- I know that I could get some feedback on that. It, but if you watched him run with the blocking that he had to run behind. And against the competition that he was playing in that two A league, and when everyone knew he was going to get the ball every single play, yeah, it was it was amazing. And that's not even getting into the fact that he was probably the best free safety I've ever seen in high school football. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've seen some great free safeties too. I mean, Pranty as well, and yep. and we've seen some stud players, and yet he was just on another level, right? 
So, you know, like we keep mentioning Kyler Pranny. I've often said that of all the time that I covered local sports, I think that he may have been the most explosive player I've ever seen. Like that, that kid, um, he was a really good defender at linebacker as well, but as far as being a ball carrier and being able to do something with the ball after he had it in his hands, I can't remember anybody who went from zero to 60 faster than Kyler Pranny did. Um, also interviews with him were really fun because he was, he would be like, you know, he'd score seven touchdowns and then I'd come <laughs> up to him after the game and he'd be rolling his eyes like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this. And I was like, Kyler, if you don't want to talk to me, don't score so many touchdowns. Okay? <laughs> and then I won't have to interview. I'll interview somebody else. Um, but he was a really fun cover for me, but I mean, yeah, Kylan touch. And then the other thing that I thought of immediately was a couple of other Aberdeen kids in last year's duo of Ben DeBlanco and Javier, Javier Is that yes, that right? That's it. Those two kids in basketball, I watched them play a couple times i would have loved to cover them and been more involved in what they did so much fun i mean those kids are a blast and a lot of times i mean you could see like different situations where kids might be competing for the attention or maybe butt heads a little bit those two kids were they acted like brothers. I mean, I interviewed them both after games sometimes and asked them about each other. And sometimes I'd have one for the player of the game interview or then the other the next week. And then one time I brought them both up and I was like, Hey, how's it, how's it work on the court? You guys are both great scorers. And, and they're just like, yeah, that's my brother over there. So if he's ever having a down night or if we need to get him more in rhythm, you know, they shared the ball perfectly. It's pretty amazing. It was absolutely amazing to watch. And those two were an absolute blast and some of the numbers that they put up in yeah. in games were just insane and, and I mean, sometimes they would take turns having great scoring days yeah i mean ben de blanco i think yeah. put up 42 in a game yeah. that i covered and then the next week i think bohorje went for 31 yeah. or something like that it and was, it's all, i always feel like when you have a great backcourt duo like i feel this way about damian lillard i don't want to take this to nba it's kind of a weird comparison yeah. but i feel <laughs> no, like they one reminded of his me. greatest strengths is the ability to know when to defer yeah. because i've seen games where he's a little off and he's their point guard he will literally just give cj mccollum the ball and say here dude you're on tonight go go get it done at the end of games yeah it's not a normal trait for an nba superstar no and that's about as the best comparison that i can come up with though is Ben played like Damian Lillard, explosive, fast to the basket, loved to drive, but would also pull up for ridiculous threes mm-hmm. and just catch absolute fire from the outside. And Bojorge's pull-up jumper was sick, but his main thing was trying to get to the lane, put up floaters, like, but also could hit from the outside too and stretches. Like That's how they played. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I love that you brought that up because, yeah, that backcourt connection was pretty darn similar. As a minor caveat to this question, now we brought the show back like right before Monty's football season ended. This, <laughs> and I got the chance to talk about how connected <laughs> I felt to these Monty kids. Yeah. Especially, I mean, there's a lot of them, but especially Braden Dorman, Cole Daniels, and Sam Winter. And I guess that would, I would add them to the list, even though I got to ooze about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. I got to, to talk about them a little bit, but I would have loved to have more opportunities over the last year and a half or so to talk about those kids a little more. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to remember from the Hoquiam side of things because there's a bunch of Hoquiam teams, but I think that we covered that one group of freshmen who started as their freshmen all the way through to their senior year. I'm pretty sure was that in our entire run on the scrimmage. I'm not positive, but it had to be pretty close. But, I mean, that's always one of my all-time favorite teams. Was that the Jared Steen, Jared Jack, Steen, Ad- Jack, Jack Adams, Adams, Jace Varner, Bubba uh, Dick, 
Bubba Dick through most of it and, also through yeah and then um Anthony Nash yeah um Ryan yeah. Espidal yeah I, I mean, think we were still doing the show I think that was right towards the tail end of the show that was a special group of kids yeah that was a blast to cover as well so I mean there's there's so many different areas and groups and teams that we've had so much fun covering mm-hmm. so I mean we could talk about this one answer for another 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. but we're gonna move on instead okay. and since your computer crashed Although it looks like it's back up. It is, but I couldn't get the file. All right. So is it time to get rid of an automatic home playoff game for division winners? Whoever asked this question, was this Caleb? Yeah. Caleb Caleb Backholm asked this question. He says, yes, all division winners should still get in, but seating should be based on record. Justin, what are your thoughts? I like, I don't like the idea of just getting rid of all the divisions. I've heard people say that before. I actually think Caleb's answer is kind of perfect because I like the idea that there can be division rivals. I like the idea that the travel's not as far if you get teams that are closer to each other to play more. Um, I like the idea that there are teams that you're going to play twice in a season because I think it just encourages those rivalries, and rivalries are fun. Um, but the 7-9 and nine Seahawks are kind of a perfect example. Exactly. And like whatever team comes out of the NFC least this year, whether it's the Cowboys or the Eagles or whatever, um, is a perfect example of why a division winner shouldn't automatically get a home game. Because not only did you not have a good record, but you also played against lesser opponents all year because your division stinks. Exactly. So I think Caleb pretty much nailed it. You should, the division winners should all get in. I like the idea of there being a division and a prize for winning it, but I think that seeding should go based on record and tiebreakers. Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? I like it the way it is. I like it when a team can back their way into the playoff with a losing (laughs) record and then win a home game against the Saints with one of the greatest plays in NFL history. Some people just like to watch the world burn. I I think it, (laughs) it makes it a little bit less straightforward. You don't just have to be... You don't have to be... if you want to win the Super Bowl, you don't just have to be really good. You have to be a little bit lucky. You have to be able to go to a crappy team at home and beat them sometimes. Um, so I don't know. I, I I get the argument, but I actually kind of like the amount of of uh, controversy, uns- uncertainty or controversy that it adds to it. The weight that it puts on winning your division, yeah, too. yeah. Like, yeah. it makes it, it – you, you, you still want to win your division, yeah. even if you're a way better team yeah. than crappy Kind of reminds me of the college football playoff and how they do add extra weight to teams that won their conference. Mm-hmm. So I can see both sides of it. I think, personally, I've always been kind of on yours and Caleb's side where I've kind of thought that way. But Andrew's argument right there was kind of the best argument that I've ever heard on the other side of it. Yeah. Because so, uncertainty makes it fun. Yeah, it's a different, and it's yeah. it's something that's not normal. I feel like so many times we get into this normal rut of this is how it happens, this is where it goes, but this kind of throws a little wrench into it, and it's like, eh, what if this crazy thing happens? <laughs> like the Seahawks getting spanked right now, which is not fun. I peeked at the score. Oh, yeah, we're recording this while the Seahawks <laughs> game is going yeah. on. What is the score right now? It's 9-28 to 28 Rams with 7 minutes and 37 seconds left in the fourth. Yeah, we got them right where we want them. Yeah, this is what yeah. we do. Uh, and Rashad Penny and offense has only scored three points. Uh, oh, that's brutal. Yeah, and in the first half, 
in the first half, the Seahawks offense looked pretty good. Like they're moving the ball pretty well. No, I'm there sorry. Some... Our offense scored six points. I'm dumb and forgot that we missed the extra point. No, no, you were right. Our I offense... said seven, though. Oh, you said three, I thought. Our oh, yeah. offense has only scored three yes, points. I'm dumb. Come Sorry. on, Andrew. Our <laughs> offense has scored three points. Our offense has scored three points. I have watched zero seconds of Defense this game because I don't points. care nearly as much yeah, as you guys do. but know. there were so many drops. Okay, anyway, we'll get yeah. we'll get to that a little bit later. Ugh. Daniel's, are a little, Daniel's actually a little bit more edgy uh, than normal on, I am. during this show because he's subject, so frustrated about the On the, the subject of numbers being hard, Justin, you and I are both correct. Penta and Quinta are both Five. Uh, prefixes that mean five. Oh, so yeah. we win, and once again, Daniel loses. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying quintuple two. What are you talking about? I didn't hear it. I said quintuple I double we'll was play the it first back. We'll thing out of out. my mouth. We'll, it, we'll play it back. We'll figure it Get out. Get out of here. <laughs> Dang. Anyway, last mailbag question. Andrew, I'll start with your opinion on this. Artificial tree or real tree? Why? Who is that from, by the way? Anybody remember? Someone. That was an early I, that was an early question. I just copied and pasted tree. it. Real from trees our... smell good. It's mm. it's half of what Christmas is all about. Not really. But but it's half of what makes Christmas Christmas to me is is that smell of having a tree in the house. Uh there's definitely downsides to them. And I will say for the first time in my life, I saw a, a fake tree that I thought actually looked really good this year up at Costco. It was like $600. So apparently fake trees that look good are for rich people. Dang. But, uh, but their fake trees are getting better, but I still say until, until it can smell like the woods, you got to get a real tree. I'm pretty much right there with him. The only bad thing about real trees to me that I've noticed this year is we found like five spiders in our real tree. <laughs> yeah. Not about that. But other than that, I mean, I love having a real tree. I don't mind watering it. It gives me a chance, something to keep track of a little bit. I've always been the one too, since my birthday's kind of close to Christmas at January 6th. Anybody wants to get me a present? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't get me anything. He's not kidding. I'm kidding. He's not kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Donate to or am I? donate to charity yeah. on his behalf. Exactly. <laughs> Do that. Find a good one. No, but I've always wanted my parents to keep up the Christmas tree until my birthday. And that's a long time. But I'm like, hey, 12 days of Christmas. It's way it, too it's much. 12 days of Christmas. If that starts on the 25th, then <laughs> I thought it's it like pushing it. Does it? Not joking. I, I, I don't know. That the 12 days of Christmas. 12 ended. days of Christmas is a 25th. farce. It's like 60 days of Christmas and it starts in... Halloween. Uh, it yeah. starts November. No, it starts yeah. before trying. Halloween. <laughs> it's stupid. I'm I'm a little uh, I'm a little I, grinchy. Yeah, you guys are both grinchy Here, about Christmas because you work for UPS. That's and not why. So December is terrible. Because even as like this not is as a, a kid, tape. not as a kid, <laughs> but even as like a teenager and an older child, I started to dislike festivity <laughs> because it feels so unnecessary. <laughs> I just dislike it when people are happy. Sometimes I don't like fun. <laughs> Justin also okay, but doesn't like birthdays. I guess I have a really strong take on trees. But but first, you just basically quoted my dad. My dad loves to say, I hate fun. <laughs> a birthday is an exercise in vanity. If you're over nine years old, you should not be celebrating a birthday. Do you think you're so cool that the day that you're born needs to be celebrated and everything needs to be about you for a day? No, but I like getting stuff. 
If anybody wants to send Daniel a birthday <laughs> gift, we'll work it out. But I have a really strong opinion on the tree thing. Okay, okay. Okay. Nature is yucky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trees smell really good. And the one super positive thing about a tree being in your house is you get Christmas smell. And Christmas smell is the one redeeming quality of Christmas. Okay. Baked goods, Christmas trees, they smell really good. Yeah. Trees are sticky and they have bugs in them <laughs> and they're gross. So you're going to bring something from nature into your house? Get a potted plant. Like what what do you need a Chris what do you need a tree for? Okay, so Last Potted year, it would also be nature, bro. Yeah, but it's so it's so contained. Yeah, but it's still point. nature. It's the okay. same thing. You're right. A Christmas you're right. tree. And- you're right. Don't get a potted plant either. That's stupid. <laughs> Don't get a potted plant or a Christmas tree. So this is my thought. You get a fake tree. Okay. You maybe spend a little bit more money on it right away, but it's an investment. You use it for years. Okay. You just keep bringing it in every year. You can get car air fresheners to get Christmas tree smell. All right. It's not yucky. It's not sticky. It's not gross. It's not bringing spiders into your house. I don't think it smells the same. It smells very different. I wish I could get real Christmas tree smell without a real Christmas tree. It's the one thing that I miss. But last year was the maybe two years ago was the first time that my wife finally said maybe we should get a fake tree. So we had always previously gotten real trees and I did it because I love my family. But I hate real Christmas trees. I also kind of I don't like things that are yucky. So like fishing, fishing <laughs> is yucky. Everything about fishing is yucky. Oh my I, gosh! I'll actually, the fish I, are yucky. The bait is yucky. The water's a, yucky. I have a lot more sympathy for that point. Yeah, Christmas trees. Nature also. is not yucky. Yeah, it is. Na- nature's Nature. great. Okay, nature's but when you bring amazing. a Christmas tree into your house, it's got sap all over it. Like even if you wear gloves, you're getting sap on your clothes. You're getting sap on your face. You're trying to like wedge this stupid thing from outdoors <laughs> in through your door. And setting it up, and then like you got to balance it just right inside the inside the thing. And you got to get the tree skirt up. There's pine needles everywhere. You can't really vacuum them. Like it's the worst. It's the worst. Whoever thought of this tradition <laughs> needs to have their Christmas tradition thinking privileges revoked. You are a Grinch. That's what I'm just gonna say. I accept it. You are the Christmas Grinch right that. here on the scrimmage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for our mailbag mailbag questions this week. If you want your question answered and you want to hear someone have the ridiculous hot take like nature is yucky and that Christmas trees shouldn't be a thing, if you want that type Fishing of is also awesome yucky. hot take, then uh, you know find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever. Leave a comment asking us a question. We'll answer it on our mailbag. We just live in such a place where everybody loves the outdoors, too. Well, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. gorgeous. Anyway, leave us a question. Say, you know, hey, for the next week's mailbag, we'll get to it. We've had so much fun with that. I'm such a ridiculous person. All right. So <laughs> the Seahawks, uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of Seahawks discussion. There's still five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, we got quarter, right where we want them. And we're down 28 to 12, and the Rams have the ball. So I would say that's the opposite of what Justin just said. I wasn't said. paying attention, but I assume we kicked a field goal. Um, Russell Wilson's 20 for 31 with 6.9 average per catch. He's got 213 yards passing. 
He's been sacked four times. Um, the one thing that I noticed in the first half, because I watched the whole first half, is there was about three drops, and all of them were on third down, and it was absolutely demoralizing and terrible. And Jacob Hollister and Malik Turner need to learn how to catch the ball. And also David Moore should learn how to not fall down when he's hit in stride. That would be nice. Um, Gordon, hashtag player Sua down on a stop route for a conversion earlier Ugh, in this half come also. on. But it's just been an absolute struggle. And Chris Carson's actually having a pretty good game. 14 carries for 71 yards at this point. 5.1 yards per carry. So he's having a decent game. Um, Rashad Penny went out early in this game. He had a catch for 16 yards, and it looked like he kind of hyperextended his knee at the end of that. So he's done for the game. Knee injury, we'll see exactly how bad that is. Hopefully he'll be back because the only other person to get a carry besides Carson and Russell Wilson is CJ Prosize, and that's one carry for two yards. And he also kind of botched a handoff exchange with Russell Wilson in the game, so that didn't look good. So, I mean, right now it's just been an, an absolute struggle. The one bright spot is uh, Quandre Diggs had to pick six to start the second half, and that looked like it was going to be a momentum changer. But, like I said, I haven't been able to be watching this. Andrew kind of has. But it's just That's sounds why you've like heard Wilson's Andrew's been, voice so little. Yeah, this that, show. honestly, yeah. Wilson's been under duress the entire time. Like, I don't know his sack numbers, but... It seems like every time I glanced down, he was busy getting sacked. Well, he's been, he got sacked four times for th- 34 yards of loss. And uh, let's see, quarterback hits. He's been hit seven times yeah. in this game. So Russell's been struggling to not get drilled. And then in contrast, the Seahawks only have four quarterback hits. And Goff has only been sacked. Uh, he hasn't been sacked. So there you go. That's Seahawks just muffed a punt. Oh, and we lost it. Oh, nope, we got it back. All right. <laughs> and didn't, didn't this we play have by a... play brought to you by the script? Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Ansa didn't play in this game, uh, right? Ansa has not. Ansa did not play in this game. Michael Kendricks, Michael Kendricks also did, did not also play in this game. Cody Barton's playing instead of Kendricks. Uh, Goff has been picked off two times. So I'm trying to find uh, who's got the interceptions. Quandre Diggs got both of them. So I think our important player. Uh, he I, might be our favorite I, player. I'm pretty sure Quandre Diggs is, is going to start winning that. Bobby Wagner having what looks like a good game. I don't know where these tackles are, though, but he's got 14 tackles in this game. The next closest guy has six. And you never want to see a corner as being the next guy with the most tackles. Yeah. Trey Flowers has six tackles. Bradley McDougal, the strong safety, has six as well. Um, looking down the line, I'm not sure if they started going to a nickel defense or what, but Cody Barton only has three tackles. And while he does have a nice pass defense where he swatted a ball down while he was blitzing Jared Goff, I would have hoped that he might have had a better game. But so far, this one just looks like our offense can't do anything, which is pretty upsetting seeing that the Rams defense hasn't been that good all year. Yeah, I, and I guess there's, there's implications here too for Seattle because the 49ers beat the Saints. So yep. it's kind of an extra bummer that they lost this game. But you know, we knew going into this final stretch that this was this was a tough. We I feel I feel like we knew we were going to lose at least one of the last four games, or I felt strongly that we were going to lose at least one of the last four games. It makes that game against San Francisco in Week 17 that much more important. That's true. Absolutely does. Um, and so. 
The Seahawks just getting the ball back. So, I mean, we've seen crazier things in the past. They are technically only down two scores. We got them right where we want them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As Justin and Andrew have been telling me, this is just what they do. You know, they'll come back and... I was know, telling you game. that in the first half, for the record. <laughs> not not, not now. These guys both... Look, I care so much less than you guys. You guys look demoralized. Your faces <laughs> yeah. are sad. Well, imagine, you know, how we're feeling in an important game coming down the stretch. And yet, you know, this is probably about what you feel when north carolina loses a random basketball game and oh like that happened december <laughs> like the, the, the and in basketball where losses mean so much less than they do in like other sports and yet you take a regular season seahawks loss like it's nothing even though it's one of 16 and then unc drops a random basketball game and you're like oh i'm so angry what's going on tariel's lost to virginia today Ooh, i virginia. regret i regret hey, taking a shot at virginia you guys now. Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> no but i feel you it's just i don't understand but i felt you know, really cool for caring less than you guys did <laughs> yeah and now i feel like how idiot. did your titans do today they won oh who they oh. play they beat the raiders and it was another game where they've done this a couple times where it's really, really close. And then in the fourth quarter, they just score like 20 points. And so they ended up winning, I think it was 42 to 21 or something. Like there was a blowout in the end, but it was really close going into the fourth. But now that means Tennessee is tied with Houston. Dang, because Houston got blown yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. destroyed. And it's going to be really interesting down the stretch, too, because next week Tennessee plays Houston. Okay. And then Tennessee plays the Saints. And then they play Houston again. Interesting. So two times in three weeks. But the the in between game for Houston is Tampa Bay. So assuming Houston beats the Bucks, and we can't assume anything, but assuming Houston beats the Bucks and the Saints beat the Titans, Tennessee would need to win both of those games against Houston to win the division. And they're, they're, there's a decent chance they won't make the playoffs unless they do. Yeah. So that I mean, and I think a lot of that plays into the future of their quarterback too. Yeah. Because if if Tannehill can get that done then I think that they you got to give him another shot, right, as the full year of the quarterback, right? Agreed. Back-to-back uh, -back plays, Russell Wilson scrambles, barely gets two yards, and then scrambles and just chucks it out of bounds. So great start to the drive here with uh, 354 left. Um, any right other where we want them. Uh, the other another story coming out of the NFL is the Chief beats the Patriots, and as we mentioned, two-minute drill. The Boo Birds came out. No, look, Russell Wilson got sacked. This is just abysmal. We're going to have to end the show before Daniel starts crying. <laughs> this is this it's, is getting bad. I'm not cry I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to like seriously how the Seahawks are, and you know, I shouldn't be surprised at all because the NFL's weird and sometimes yes, teams And the Rams that are good. At, the Rams are not good. They're good. They're not They're, they're not great, okay. but they're good. They're okay. They're good. And I you know any given night, they have a winning record in the in a division that's at that's the best at the top. That's true, and they have a winning record in this division. That's and the true. Cardinals, I know that their record isn't great, but they're not terrible. They're not as bad as some of the other teams, that's for sure. Like I would the, say the Rams are good compared to most of the. League. The Rams would probably be leading the NFC East. The Rams would definitely be leading yeah. the NFC East. And it just goes to show again the Seahawks playing a tough division man mm -hmm. i mean talk about patriots and how spoiled they are playing against the garbage that they do all the time the oh the other interesting thing i can't believe i almost forgot this uh the ravens they did beat the bills 
but it was not the offensive explosion that uh, we've been used to seeing from the Ravens lately. Lamar Jackson did have a decent game. I mean, he had three touchdown passes and an interception, but he only threw for like 180 yards or, or 140 yards, I think. And he ran for another 40. Yeah, he so, did have three touchdowns, though. Yeah, he had three touchdowns. No picks. I thought he had one pick. Did he have one I? pick? Maybe he had one pick. I'm not sure. but uh, I remember looking at his stat line and thinking there wasn't but, a lot of volume of yards. Yeah, but anyway, he, I was planning on talking about this and being like, oh, he kind of you know didn't do crazy things, and I was hoping that Russell was going to dominate here tonight, but Russell's been held completely in check. And, uh, yeah, so that MVP race, it's... I still think it's going to come down to the wire, but Russell's got to be nuts in the last couple of years. I, still I mean, think he has three a, minutes left here. Got him right where we it's want him. Fourth and eighteen. Yeah, that's right where MVP we want him to convert here. Are we just going to watch the game? Hey, yes. Josh Gordon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I said it'd take an MVP to convert there, and he converted there. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Gosh, so ridiculous. Uh, Courtney's holding thing, up the, the, show, the show, sheet. show sheet and pointing to where it says "Quick Seahawks." Yeah, not I don't very know quick. what she means. She's also saying that uh, I, I mentioned that what a difference uh, two weeks has made because when Rashad Penny got hurt, it was actually like a blow. Like, oh crap, Rashad Penny got hurt. He was so effective the last couple of weeks. Before that, we would have been like, eh, who cares? What was yeah. he playing? I anyway. would have cared. I, I don't know. <laughs> but now it's like, dang it, we really could have used him in this yeah, game probably. It would have been nice. Um, so that's just a little point that we wanted to bring up. Don't know where that throw was going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for anything else. Let's just oh, finish just up with some play-by-play play on the rest I, of the game. I was trying to – so I, I okay. was napping this afternoon because I have to work Attaboy. at 1.30. Monday morning, but uh, sucks to be so, you. <laughs> so I wasn't actually watching the games. But did you guys catch the Jags and the getting destroyed by the Chargers? No, because apparently that happened. And yeah. Minshew did he get benched? Well, no, but he 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 actually didn't throw actually an interception. Thought his stat line looked decent. Yeah, he that's just what I wasn't was, getting any. He his average up. per attempt was really low on the left there. What's what's that stat line? Uh, 162 yards, 24 for 37, one touchdown. So it was just the yards per... He didn't do anything bad, but he didn't do anything great, which actually was kind of the problem why Foles got replaced by him. No, Foles was actively doing bad things, actually. Well, that yeah. too, but he was throwing 50 times a game and they weren't scoring very many points. Y- yeah, yeah, because, because he, was he was throwing, throwing it, to it to the, the other, other team. team. How many picks did he throw? Like, he turned the ball over on three... Straight okay. drives. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> That's why he got wrong. benched. He got benched because that first <laughs> half of that game, he turned the ball over three times in a row. All right, well, we're not going to stay on the air till the end of this <laughs> Seahawks game. Andrew's got to go to bed. That's for no, sure. I'm, I'm not going to bed. That's why I was sleeping all day. Oh, well, oh. then why are we in a hurry? Let's just do I, Seahawks I, play I told by you play we were. for the rest of the time. <laughs> Seahawks play-by-play is terrible radio here, guys. Yeah, Because they, sure? they can't see what well, you're seeing. Okay, so when you so guys go, oh, or where was that pass going? Do you want me to do a? Do you want me to actually give you play by play? Give you a little flavor of what I do in my other job. But our 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 listeners already know what happened in the game, and they can't see it. (laughs) So I don't feel. Everybody's gonna listen to the game on the radio. Describe it perfectly, Justin. Justin. Yeah. 
So they wouldn't have to see Listen, it. Listen, Daniel, you would do a phenomenal job, okay? But everybody who listens does, to our show is watching the game Does he know that when right you guys now. are covering basketball games, it's not on TV? <laughs> I don't but think But it's so. not things that have already <laughs> happened. It's things yeah. that we're describing in real time. Yeah. I, I mean, the already happened thing, but they don't have to see it if I'm descri- describing it beautifully. That's, 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 what, <laughs> that's what play-by-play is for. All right. That's true. You're amazing. That's going to do it for our show. Make sure you catch us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'm going to try and get Spotify. some more stuff up on YouTube. Uh, this week as well Spotify is the main place to catch our podcast I would say you can also find us at thescrimmage.net that's going to do it for our show today so for Justin Nature is Yucky Damashevitz and Daniel F minus Hargrove (laughs) (laughs) and our producer Andrew Deep Voice Gross oh yeah baby (laughs) and our lovely other producer Courtney Hargrove my wife this has been The Scrimmage (laughs) 